Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. So, uh, is anybody here besides me? Uh, is anybody else here ready to turn the page on 2020? Just a couple of people? Okay. Yes, this has been quite the year, quite the year. And as a pastor, I've, uh, I've had the, the privilege, the honor of being able to walk beside uh, people of all ages, all stripes. Uh, everybody's lives, have, have, they've all been disrupted uh, tremendously. From the little kids in our preschool, had to not be able to go to school for a few months. Uh, elementary, high school you know, kids in our public schools, they're in, they're out, they're online, they're on two days a week, they're three days a week, they're none. They're to young adults just starting out, uh, maybe just got a job, you know how that works. Uh, last one hired, first one fired uh, when they're downsizing. Uh, to, you know, small business owners struggling tremendously, all the way up to the very oldest and wisest, I say, uh, members of our community, especially those who live in facilities where visitors are not allowed. Uh, the level of loneliness is just un, well, unprecedented. I, I should have trademarked that word uh, before 2020, unprecedented, right? Everything has been unprecedented. So we're going to close tonight singing together uh, Silent Night, wonderful tradition and for uh, Christmas Eve services for uh, all my life and probably most of yours too. So I want to talk a little bit about Silent Night and specifically that last line there, sleep in heavenly peace. Let's talk a little bit today about what is that heavenly peace that we sing about. Well, on that first silent night, holy night, when the angels announced to the shepherds that Jesus was born, the Messiah was born, the Savior has been born, what did they say? Do you remember? Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Can somebody say peace on earth? Some, some people did say it. Some people didn't. Good. Peace on earth. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can have money in the bank, but no peace in your heart. You can be doing fine on the outside, maybe even be successful on the outside, but you can be empty on the inside. You can even be married, but still have no peace in your home. And nobody say amen or nod your head real big right there. You're not going to have peace in your home for a long time. <laughs> Heavenly peace, come down to earth. That peace delivered to us in the flesh, in the person, the God person of Jesus. Now, some of you are probably asking, is it even possible to have peace in 2020? I want to share with you some facts about the world into which Jesus was born. Uh, the world in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. I'm going to share a couple of just facts. This was normal. This was just life to them. And as I describe that world to you, I'm going to show you pictures that were all taken 
in 2020. The world which Jesus was born into and grew up in, they did not have any vaccines for anything. Their life expectancy, because the infant mortality rate was so high, the average life expectancy was 28 years. That was for ancient Greece, that was for ancient Rome, the Middle East. How about this? Remember on the silent night, Mary gave birth to Jesus? In that day, one-third of women died from childbirth. It may not have been their first childbirth, but eventually one-third of all the women just died from giving birth. Most of the causes, uh, most commonly, was hemorrhaging and infections. So many women died a week or two weeks after giving birth. The world into which Jesus was born and, and lived and ministered to was fraught with racial tensions. The Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. They both hated the Romans and the Romans hated them. There was political strife. The Jews, this land of Palestine, was ruled over by an emperor all the way in Rome. Their own king, like uh, King David, the, you know, the old king of Israel, that seat had been replaced by a Roman appointee. He wasn't even Jewish, Herod the Great. He wasn't even Jewish. He was the king over Israel. They hated this. And they were taxed so unfairly. And it was obviously, as an emperor, it was taxation without representation. Political strife, racial strife, health crisis, an economic crisis. You think about just uh, the uh, harsh taxations, but then you think about this particular time when the governor had ordered the census to be taken and just take Mary and Joseph just as the one case, you know, that we, we see the details of. But everybody had to be, their lives were disrupted by this. Mary and Joseph traveled 75 miles by foot to get to Bethlehem. And, you know, that's not a day's trip in the car, just there and back, right? This would take weeks of their lives. Meanwhile, who's building the furniture back at Joseph's carpenter shop? Or for the other people, who's watching the farm? Who's doing the fishing? Tremendous upheaval and disruption in their lives. And then I think about the silent night part of it. Mary giving birth in this cave, technically. It's their stable. It's their barns where they kept their animals. Uh, Mary giving birth in this stall. The baby laid in a manger, which is a manger is a feeding trough for animals. Now, we've got some animals outside on your way out. You hope you see Let's get to see him. As he said, uh, as Pastor Jeremy mentioned, they're, they're docile, but they're not necessarily quiet. Uh, the donkey, I don't know if how many of you heard the donkey go off right before service started. <laughs> right? I don't think it was set silent in the barn that night. I really don't. And the smell? What do you think? Any, any women that want to give birth in a... No. No, it's less than ideal. Uh, this was the world into which Jesus was born. This is the world that he continues to bring his heavenly peace to each and every one of us. So let's, let's get back to that. What is this heavenly peace? Because there is a peace 
that most people, I think, don't even realize that they need it. They don't even realize that, that is the, that's what's missing in their life. They chase after everything else in the world, and it's the peace of God that they thirst for, that they long for, that they ache for, this heavenly peace. So I'm going to start with a few verses in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. And Isaiah lived in a time, not all that unlike our own, of tremendous upheaval, disruption in their lives, and certainly uh, uh, anxiety. And so Isaiah prophesies about this day in the future where God is going to just unleash this wonderful, this perfect piece of uh, just unbridled worship and prayer and praise unto God. And he says, on that day... This song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and its ramparts. Open the gates. The righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith. And verse 3. You, God, you will keep in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not all that familiar with perfect peace. I'm, I'm more familiar with imperfect peace, intermittent peace. See, I can, I can pray about a burden, a, a stress in my life. I can hand that over to God, and I can just feel this relief and feel so good for about three minutes. And then I start saying, God, why haven't you done what I asked you to do yet? Hey, are, are you listening? Are you even there? It's very imperfect peace is what I'm familiar with. But God says he's going to give us a perfect peace. Well, that sounds, that sounds pretty amazing. What is this peace? This word peace in the Hebrew is shalom. It's so common. Many of you have probably heard that before. It's even a greeting. Uh, Jewish, Jewish people would say this if you're coming or going, like shalom, shalom. And it's such a rich word in the Hebrew, we can't even translate it with just one English word. It, it has this just so, just depth of meaning. It is wholeness, uh, completeness. It, it, it has a wellness sense to it too. Not just body, you know, wellness of body, yes, but also wellness of mind, wellness of spirit, this wholeness and completeness, uh, exactly uh, the way God had designed you and created you, and you have that sense of fulfillment and being, being who God created you to be. Shalom is, first, is a peace with God. There's, there's no fear of God. There's no dread of, oh, no, have I done something that's going to, he hates me now. No, it's, I'm fine. I'm right with God. It, shalom is this peace with other people. So I, I don't have to worry about, are we in good standing? Are, are you bitter with me? Am I angry and uh, resentful at you? No, we're good. We're good. Shalom is a peace with yourself. That dark spot in your past that you 
have trouble forgiving yourself for. Maybe just something you did or said or thought today that you wish you hadn't have done. You must know I am, I am right with God. That perfect peace that God has given to me, again, in Jesus, the heavenly peace that came down in the flesh to us. And the shalom is also a peace with our circumstances, peace with the world. Even when our circumstances are anything but what we wish they would be, we're at peace because we're right with God, right with our neighbors. Now, something that is really interesting to me, it's, it's kind of fascinating, I don't know, but in Isaiah 26, in the Hebrew, what the text actually says is, I will give you shalom, shalom. We translate that perfect peace. But it's actually the word shalom. It's written twice. It's, it's emphatic. In other words, this shalom is this full portion, this, this wholeness, completeness, wellness, peace, right with God, right with my family, right with myself, right with my circumstances, and God said, I'm going to give you another portion. You get a double portion. You get all that you need and twice more. That's what God is going to give us. Perfect peace. Now, we're going, let's clarify. Because the world has been the same before Jesus was born, during Jesus' day, our day, on into the future until Jesus comes back. Okay, this perfect peace, shalom, shalom, it doesn't mean that everything is always going to go the way you want it to. And it doesn't mean that nothing is ever going to break. And it doesn't mean that your kids are never going to give you a hard time when you're trying to get them ready to go to church. And it doesn't mean that your spouse is never going to get on your nerves. Just like I got on Christy's nerves yesterday when I, I thought I was doing something great. I, loaded, I did a load of dishes, but apparently... I loaded the dishes all wrong. Everything was in the wrong spot. Cups were on the bottom. Plates were on the top. She was just, so, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ed, especially, you're thinking, well, at least you did a load of dishes, which is exactly what I thought. But I'm not going to bring that up because I want perfect peace when I get home tonight, so I won't even mention it. But shalom, shalom. It's not an absence or, uh, of any problems or anything that's stressful in our life. It's the presence of God. And actually, this is what we need to remember. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. And that's what Christmas is all about. God comes to be present with us. The God of gods, the King of kings, the creator of all things, he comes to dwell with us so that from this day forward, for every single moment of our lives, he is with us. It's even what Emmanuel means. Emmanuel, God with us. Perfect peace comes from the presence of God. So how do we have this perfect peace? Talk about what it is. How do we have it? Well, it's in the same verse there. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Keep reading. You will keep in shalom, shalom. Those whose thoughts are fixed on you. And this is what I want you to remember today when you leave. This 
battle for peace, it begins in our minds. This war rages in our minds. That's where it starts. It, does, it rages in my mind. I know I can know the truth of God. I can know the promises of God, but my mind still wanders or focuses on things that are not true. So Isaiah, God, tells us to fix our thoughts on God. Fix our thoughts on the truths of God. So my question then is, what is your mind fixed on? What is it fixed on? What, what, what consumes your thoughts when you're idle? Where does your mind drift? Does it drift to your bank account? Your financial situation? Does that consume your thoughts? Do things, you know, the political division, the strife in our country, does that consume your thoughts? Some people I know this year have been terrified, just terrified to the point of even being paralyzed over fears of COVID. We respect it and we, you know, we're safe and healthy and all. Okay, but fear does not come from God. Uh, we're not going to have that perfect peace by fixing our minds on CNN or Fox News. I'm going to cover all my bases. Everybody here, right? I got liberal friends, conservative friends uh, here and online. So everybody. Uh, no, you're not going to have perfect peace by fixing your mind on bad news from the market or bad news from your doctor. You're not going to feel the perfect peace of God when you fix your mind on the things that stress you out or cause you anxiety. Fix our minds on God and his word and his truth. And this is the way Paul says it. Uh, he wrote this letter, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter while he was in prison uh, in Rome and awaiting execution. So let's give a little context about where he is physically uh, when he shares this. He says, and now, brother, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on, again, what? On bad things, on things that stress you out, on things of the world. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And he says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, Paul talking, every, everything you heard me say, everything you saw, see me do. And then the God of peace will be with you. Emmanuel, the God of peace with us. Now, there's a very powerful event that happened as recorded in the Gospels. Jesus and his disciples, they're in a boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee. You know, remember, some of these disciples were fishermen. They were familiar with the sea. They were familiar with boating. But all of a sudden, this storm just blows up. And it is so fierce that even the fishermen are freaking out. Oh, Lord, we're going to die. And honestly, I mean, they were doing what I would have done, completely wigged out. Ah! 
And they're going, Jesus, save us. And they literally said, we're going to die. And what's Jesus doing? You may remember. Sleeping. Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. And they're running around. Don't you even care? Don't you see what's happening to us? Can't you see what's about to happen to us? What are you doing? The interesting thing is that during this event, there were actually two storms. There was the storm on the outside, the visible storm, the wind and the rain and the waves crashing over the swamping the boat. But then there was also the storm on the inside, the fear and the anxiety. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it's the storm on the inside that's way, way harder to manage. I'm pretty good. I can, I can look good to you from the outside, but still on the inside, be filled with dread, fear, worry, anxiety, doubt. And then Jesus, and what does he do? We don't know exactly how he did it, but I imagine that he wakes up, probably does a stretch, kind of walks, looks around real quick and just says, peace, be still. The wind stops, and the sea becomes flat calm, as sailors call it. And I think... He just kind of just laid back down and went back to sleep. And the disciples are standing there with their jaw. Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? That's God, right? It's God in the flesh, the creator of the winds and the waves who controls everything. Everything around us, everything in our lives, everything we're concerned about, everything we worry about. He's in complete control. And so I know a lot of times for us it's the storm that's raging us, you know, on the inside. And, and we, we, we try to hand it off to God. We try to lay our burdens on Christ. And we pray for God to take care of something. But after about three minutes, God, why haven't you done something yet? God, where are you? I've prayed. I've cried out to you. You're asleep. But Christ, the, you can't speak what you don't have, peace be still. The prince of peace is with us, and he speaks that power into our lives. So if there's any storm raging inside of you, if there's any strife in any, any aspect of your life, relationship, financial, spiritually right now, I hope these words from Paul, again, Philippians 4, uh, bring you comfort. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, that thing that's gripping your heart, don't be anxious about that. But in every situation, when the doctor's news is good, when the doctor's news is bad, when the finances are high and when the finances are low, when the marriage is going great and when the marriage is falling apart, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, did you catch that? The peace of God. It's not 
the peace of the world. It's not the peace of having money in your bank account. It's not even the peace of having, uh, you know, no strife in your relationships. It's not the peace of all your circumstances around you being the way you want them to be. It's the peace of God, which means the world can't give it, and the world can't take it away. The peace of God on this silent and holy night. So many times the peace is shared in, in scriptures. Jesus would say uh, many times when he would greet people, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Apostle Paul would write almost all of his letters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I pray that the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts, your minds, and your soul in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me pray with you. And we'll sing that silent night. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to get to gather together uh, in person and online. Uh, we thank you for uh, coming to us in the flesh, in Jesus Christ, your, your Son and our Savior. And we thank you for continuing to come to us through your Holy Spirit, uh, through your means, uh, your, your word uh, spoken and sung and shared among us. I pray that focusing and fixing our minds on your word uh, will bring us that perfect peace. Certainly be the beginning of winning that battle uh, to having perfect peace in our lives. And I just pray for everyone uh, here with us, everyone online right now, you know their circumstances in life. Uh, we all are facing uh, challenges right now. Lord, you know what they are. Uh, give us peace in the midst of the storm, uh, peace of your presence. I pray they feel your presence in, your, in their lives. Uh, Lord, be with us. Uh, keep us safe. Uh, keep us healthy in the days and the weeks ahead. Uh, pray for a miraculous end to this horrible pandemic and all the after effects. It's uh, and we pray this all in its name. Amen.